0: You're listening to Sports Radio Detroiters. Spinning the Wheels. Welcome back today to Spinning the Wheels here on Sports Reader Detroit. I'm Jason Pinkham, and I'm here today back after a long summer with the franchise Steve Height and Goldie Man, Justin Freebairn. And as you may have noticed, we have our own feed, guys. We're home. This is for us now. We can share with everybody. You guys can come to us for anything. We can... We have, we have more control than we've ever had. The SR, SRD as a whole has taken an, the next giant step forward to be what I think we all want it to be, and everybody's just kind of getting what they want. And I think, you know, before we get into things, uh, I want to just see how was your guys' summer? Steve, Was did you have a good summer? Uh, did you melt in the heat at all? You were looking forward to a hockey season?
1: Yeah, definitely looking forward to the season changing. Today is a good omen, I guess, for what the fall could be with uh, being chilly and a little rainy. I'm kind of digging it. Just getting ready for the hockey season.
0: Yeah, it was a little brisk when I went out to go get my weekly. Uh, hot and ready for red zone watching, and, uh, and I was like, whoa, a little chill in the air, a little fall, a little, a little preview of winter to come. How about you, Justin? How was your uh, summer down there in Indy?
2: Uh, summer is awful. Um, for me, anyways, I do heating and cooling. Obviously, that's been well documented. I've been working. I've I haven't worked less than fifty hours since May, so. I'm definitely ready for fall. Oh yeah, Um, but uh, unlike Steve, I hate the rain. Wet clothes suck. Try being outside in it and working in it. Yeah, yeah, that's that's definitely. Um, But this uh, it it is it is cool down here too. I don't know what it is up there, but it's like our our high for today is 60. Yeah, I think it's it's 61
0: um, here right now. So
2: yeah, it's about the same. Yeah. I mean it's I mean it it just definitely reminds you of the time of year I mean I'm excited boys I mean I'm ex- I, I'm not even gonna lie to you guys I'm on that Zadina hype train and choo choo mother effer choo choo
0: two things number one best segue you've had in years number two nice edit on the swearing because this, this is going to be the clean show this year. And I do want to start with Zadina because we have another guy whose name starts with Z and that's going to be the bigger topic for the bulk of the show. But I do want to start with Zadina because I want to start this show. I want to start this season on a positive note because I'm going to turn over a new leaf myself. Uh, it was pointed out to me by a couple people on the network. This is our baby and this and, and what better person to start talk to start this out with than talking about a guy that and, and Steve, you're a little bit better in, in Justin too with insights into the youth. How in God's Green Earth did this guy fall to six with this kind of performance that we're seeing this season so far in the in the the, the tournament I mean
1: I don't know particularly how he fell, but I think when that happened everybody in Detroit the fan base went from being like this season's gonna suck to being like, oh dang okay we got a piece. And it's like, you don't expect things like that to happen in the Ken Holland era of drafting generally. He gets diamond in the roughs, late draft picks, random things happening to have good players. And to get a top 10 pick and a guy like that, that probably should have went top three overall at like, what, six, I think we took him at. I I, yes, I mean, that's just what you're looking for. And then to get the other pick that we did it later in that round too, uh, another guy that fell down. I, I think if you're looking at your first three draft picks, you're kind of looking at a home run. Right now, yeah, I think we should start talking about the draft from that aspect. Joe
0: Veleno also fell, but uh, Justin, what, what do you what do you think caused uh Zadina to fall? Do you have any insight as to what would what made that happen? And how excited are you about him going forward? Do you, actually, I'll start with the question: Do you think he makes opening day roster?
2: Oh, that's tough. Um Just knowing that the Red Wings, you you never really know who's making the roster. I mean, uh, I mean, okay. I'm not going to lie to you. I've been watching the camp, the the prospects camp. I watched the game on Friday, and I watched the game yesterday. And let me tell you, Valino going to be a stud. Uh, Rasmussen looks like he belongs. Uh, Zadina, he creativity is all there, but he seems to be tataring it a little bit so far. Uh, one, I mean, one little one uh, too many extra moves, you know, not all the time though. I mean, he's, you know, he's, he can pass too. I mean, it, you, <laughs> the future is bright. Um, Giovanni Smith, that guy, uh, whoever, I mean, nobody's really heard too much about him, but watching him, he's going to, I mean, he's got a little creativity too on top of his grit. Um, Cholowski looks good. Uh, Sayar Sayarvi. uh, he also looks good. But he's battling some uh, some injury or some hydration issues. And, uh, I mean, it the future looks bright. It, it really does. And uh, I'm just, I'm on that hype train, man. Get these kids in there.
0: How about you, Steve? Do you think either of them makes the opening day roster?
2: I think the problem with
1: Zadina is, like, if you're thinking about the depth chart related things, there's about four guys systematically that have been here before him that probably should get the chance first. Which, that's probably how the Red Wings think, but if if it's me, you know, you kind of just have Connor, you know, Connor McDavid's just throw him in there, see what happens, let him do what he's going to do, let him learn on the fly. Yeah, when you do that, he eats up a year of his contract, if if you don't, like, keep him down or whatever, but at, at the same point, like, the Red Wings are in a position right now with some of the injuries that they have, that they're opening up a lot of roster spots on the forward side of things, because... God knows our defense, we're not going to be able to move any of those pieces, so your forwards have to be interchangeable and they're going to have to be just ready to go. And I think that the creativity of Zadina really promotes well with some of the guys that we already have on the roster, like Mantha, Larkin, etc. And I can see that being a really favorable matchup, especially because when you come into the league, it's kind of like in the NFL, like a rookie quarterback. You have no idea. You have some footage of him, but you don't really know what he's going to bring. And I think in the cases of a lot of these kids that come to the league, their rookie years are amazing because nobody has a clue about what they're doing. I mean, think of Panarin like two years ago.
2: Nobody had a clue. And he basically was like third in the NHL in scoring.
0: Think of Larkin's guys, rookie year.
2: Guys, watching this camp, watching Valeno to Zadina, they are, I mean, they are superior playmakers. They are going to, I mean, expect them to be on the roster next year. I mean... I, I mean maybe not valeno but the way that the organization thinks but I mean I think I mean I think he's borderline ready now just from what I've seen I mean these guys are playmakers they they see the game they think the game and they I mean you know all these young kids seem to have speed to burn and with the way that the NHL is these days where you can't clutch you can't grab I mean skill wins man skill skill earns roster spots or should theoretically I mean I I don't know. I like these guys better than 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 Svechnikov, Evgeny, the Red Wings Svechnikov. I like these guys better than him. I think that these guys are. I mean, ahead of him, in my opinion. But obviously, that's not how the Red Wings organization works. So.
0: Well, let's 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 use that as a segue to talk about kind of comparing what the Wings, what we know the Wings to do versus what they're doing now, and and some of those things go hand in hand concurrently, like. What they used to do is hand out no move clauses. Steve, you handed me a great stat. I think last night or this morning, I forget. Was it five of the six Red Wings defensemen? Basically, uh,
1: everybody but Nick Jensen has either a modified or no trade clause.
0: That is a that is a very old Red Wings way.
1: And they make okay. all, all of them make over four and a half million dollars apiece, except for I think yeah. Trevor Daly makes like three.
0: That's that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money and a lot of not moving and a lot of nothing going to happen. But things that they're doing new is you're actually seeing hype like last season when you had this Rasmussen guy I've been following their Instagram for a long time there was nothing about him nothing like season camp nothing nothing all it was was his draft day picture Valeno and Zadina I could not watch the game and still get all their statistics because they're putting them all on there they're honestly it seems like they're happy with like they're proud they want to make this change and you know just a little minor uh uh, aesthetic change that they made, that also is kind of out with the old and with the new, is getting rid of the hockey town uh, on 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 the center ice, which is not that as big of a story as everybody made it to be. But to people who look for patterns in uh, franchise decision making, when that's gone, that's just a little thing that tells you like, okay, they're finally gonna hopefully finally gonna stop living in the past and stop living on the glory days. But and I'll segue this into the the free agent portion of our of the our off season episode. They're also still doing some classic Red Wings things. And this offseason, in terms of just contract signings, there is no more crystallized, perfect metaphor for old meaning new. Okay, Old style Red Wings, you sign Vanek, you re-up Green, and you sign Jonathan Bernier. Bernier, of course, I was just talking to Stephen the pre-show, is a remarkably underrated goalie in this league. He's probably, I mean statistically, he's a top 15 goalie, but he's just for whatever reason, he's perpetually put in the backup role, despite the fact that, and you can verify this by looking up his stats, in the, in his, in the his since he's become a starter, and when I say since he's become a starter, I mean more than 16 games played. He has not had a save percentage under 912. He had one under 909 in Toronto, but we don't count that because Dion Phaneuf was busy working his way through a carton, so we're not going to count that against him. But that being said, this is still a solid goalie that is... Seems to be okay with the backup role for whatever reason, and I'll take that. That's something that this team needed. Vanek, I don't think we needed. I don't know why they made the move for him. I mean, he's cheap. He they got him. On, they got him on a one-year deal. Uh, I think it's like what three million dollars. Like it's not particularly high. Yeah, it's three million dollar cap hit for a single season. It's not. It's not the end of the world. It's 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 not a big deal. But I just.
2: Guess what they gave him.
0: A no move clause. They did. A no-move clause,
2: a guy that they almost explicitly signed to trade. Like, (laughs) that's... I don't... Well, okay, okay, the thing about Vanek, and for the past, like, 80 years, I mean, it feels like it's been literally the past 10 years that this dude's been moved at the deadline. You you can hardly get a bag of pucks for this guy, so, I mean, I guess I can't really blame him, but, I mean... it is what it is at this point. Also, not to be a mouthpiece for the Red Wings here, but I was uh what during they had Ken Holland on during one of the uh, intermissions. They have uh they lost twenty seven one game one goal games last year. So as much as as I just to your point about how bad the defense is, as much as much of the the defense needs to be cycled out in for some rejuvenating, you know talent we also needed the the you know the Valeno the Zadina we also need these guys to come up and start scoring because as long I mean obviously everybody knows it's a team sport you have to play as a team your your defensemen are as bad or as good as your forwards are essentially I mean not like a hundred percent but I mean you get it right you got more talent on the ice it can make up for lack of talent in 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 other areas so if they were able to stay in 27 one goal games and lose those a little extra scoring might shift that balance a little bit so I mean it's I don't want like I said I don't want to defend Erickson I don't want to defend Cronwell I don't want to defend any of these guys who shouldn't be making the money that they're making but it's not so bad if you can swing the pendulum more towards offense and let these guys not play in their own zone as much.
0: Well, the the you I mean not to kick a horse while it's down, but the the signing of a legitimate backup. No offense, Peter Mrazek. He's not Jonathan Bernier. Helps a lot with that too. And before I hand it over to Steve, because I know that he wants to cite the the amount of points that they, they did make the playoff by last year, and I'm not going to take that glory from you. But winning 27 one goal games, I don't think is what this, the problem with this team is. You don't need to win right now. Like I'm okay with losing. Like I'm kind of just okay with it. Like I think that was one of my problems last year with doing shows. Like it's really hard for me to ride this team when they're down because I'm rooting for it. And correct me if I'm wrong, Steve. Go ahead.
2: I, uh, wait, wait, Steve. I'm sorry, but I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with you. I want to see the losses too. I want. I'm on that. I mean, I'm on that Jack Hughes hype train now. I mean. Let's lose. But all I'm saying, all I was saying to your earlier point about the defenseman and how bad the defense is, it's not, I mean, 27 one-goal games doesn't necessarily mean bad defense. It means lack of talent on the ice, if that makes sense. No, I agree. It's not just defense. That was my point. Continue. Sorry. Go ahead,
1: Steve. No, you're good. I was going to say that, like, there's a difference between losing games and being competitive. I felt like they lack competitiveness. And then when you look at signing a guy like Vanek, yeah, at first you're just like, no movement clause for million dollars, what are they doing? But in my opinion, when you draft a bunch of forwards that are under the age of 22, you have no idea basically what you're getting. Even in the first round draft pick, you're kind of iffy, so you're kind of like, well, we need at least one piece to fill somewhere. And Vanek could be that guy, he could play both sides of the ice on, on wing, you could even probably put him at center if you really wanted to in a stretch situation with an injury. He probably wouldn't be great, but he could play. I mean, he could play all three positions on forward. So that's that's one of those guys that I think when he was here, I thought he did really well with the core of the team before he got traded. I thought he was one of the pieces that I think worked really well with the skill on the team. So I'm not, like, up in arms about it. You know, everybody wants to be like, same old Red Wings. But at, at my point, I'm trying not to do things like that. I'm just being like, there's a purpose to what they're doing. They have a game plan. Let's just see what happens. And then if we look back at the end of the season and it didn't go well, then we can critique it then. But like right now I think we just need to like let them do what they're going to do because we don't even know who the opening roster first four or first center is going to be right now. So I mean
0: No. And let's let's speak what? to No, it's Larkin. Sorry. <laughs> I was gonna say let's speak to the positive side of what they did this season because I told you there was a perfect. I thought the listener told you it was a perfect crystallization of old versus new. So that was the old. Now for the new, they paid everybody we wanted them to pay. Larkin is a Red Wing for the next five years. Mantha is signed for three years at three mil. Uh, AA got a three year or three million dollar contract. All these guys that we thought were on, or at least I thought, were on the verge of saying uh, I'm out of here. Like this isn't for me because you guys aren't going to pay me or you're not going to give me ice time. They paid him. They paid him pretty well. Mantha, I think, actually got a little bit underpaid for what he can do. But still, you got him. And then you also locked up Bertuzzi and Ferk on one or two and one year deals, respectively. And I think that's a good sign, especially the Larkin deal. Like, I, we, you know, Justin, I'm pretty sure you called it exactly at five years at six point one, or you might have said six. But that is that is a great deal. Like that that could. I mean, he's not ever going to be. I don't think a ninety point a year guy. But six million dollars in this league buy is sixty or seventy points a year, and I think Larkin is capable of that now. I think he's shown that he's he's capable of scoring. He's shown that he has the ability to play all eighty-two, or at least not be completely incompetent by the end of it. And I think he is somebody you can actually build around, not as a centerpiece, but as a centerpiece adjacent piece, if that makes sense. Steve, you look like you got a
1: lot on your mind right now. I can't tell. No, I mean you asked Justin, so go ahead.
2: Okay. Oh, uh, it's all good. Um. I, I mean I was I guess I was hoping for more around the five mil range, just based on um you know, what he's done and his track <laughs> real quick. record. But that extra but honestly, go ahead.
0: <laughs> Since the listeners can't see, that was just a lot of shaking heads, yes. By the way, real quick, go ahead.
2: Um I yeah, I mean I would have rather seen, you know, a five by five or a six by five, but that extra million is not gonna kill you considering you know, they paid Thomas Tatar five million and he put up like forty five points, you know. So to have somebody I mean, you know, to have somebody who's uh the cornerstone of the future, uh who's a center and who instead of giving him a bridge, you give him this deal so he's locked in. I mean, this is your future captain. I'm sorry. I I Jason, get ready to pay me a hundred bucks here in a couple of years, but yeah. uh this is i mean it is what it is it the six million compared to five million doesn't kill me because sixty three points in an eighty two season in, in an eighty two game season for a guy on that team i mean how could you really get worse i mean <laughs> as they start bringing in more high end talent he can only get better right
1: that's what logic says so where do you stand on these signings i mean I think all of them are really good. I mean, like I kind of agree with the sentiment. Maybe the five, even four and a half, because I still don't think he's proved that he's a top tier, number one center talent. That's just my opinion. It's not that I dislike him.
2: I'm sorry. I don't. He's. It's. I. I don't want to argue with you, but top. I mean, six million is not top. is not, not number John one Tavares. center money anymore. Well,
1: he's not. I know. He's but, not even. But John- Austin Matthews.
2: Right, but John Tavares is getting 10 is getting 9 mil? Is it 8 or 9? I, I think it's it was 11. Like 11 this year and hmm. then it goes down. 11, that's my point. That's he's making 5 million less and he is what this this uh,
1: And producing putrid, 40 points less.
2: Well, half for half, that's kind of fair. Eh. I mean, th- this it's it's a putrid organization right yeah. now and you I mean, for if you're paying your number 1 center at this point 6 mil When you've got a guy like Franz Nielsen at 5.3 who does, I'm sorry, jack all to move the meter for anybody. I mean, I think it's fair. You got to balance the goods with the bad, you know. That was just my opinion.
1: (laughs) I mean, like, I just I don't agree. I like the same thing with like Mantha. Like everybody's like Mantha shouldn't be making five. And it's like he's got like maybe 120 games professional. Let's wait and see what happens because he could all of a sudden just be nobody in a year. He could fall off. Like, that could very well happen. Like, you see this happen in the NHL all the time. These guys have a year where they they go crazy, and then the next year they have 37 points. Like, it happens a lot. And I'm not saying that's going to happen with him, but I just feel like when you're trying to grow, that $6 million contract can handicap you in two years when Zadina needs to be re-upped, and he's, he's got to make $5 million. That deal right there could handicap you. It could. I mean, those are the kind of decisions that you think, like, You know, that extra million could help you somewhere is all I'm saying. But I, I like all the sending. I like the way that they're, they're grouping the youth together. They are taking a very, I hate to say it, Chicago Blackhawks approach. They are nailing in their pieces and going, they're going to play together this many years. We're guaranteed to have this much talent and we're just going to rock with it. And I respect that because in today's NHL, you don't, you see a lot of these three year deals and two year deals and like, yeah, and then there's the 12-year deals. You don't see those in between sweet spot deals. And I agree with you in that sense, like the number of years for the term is a good sweet spot deal. I would agree with you there, but I think in the team aspect of it, it's it's kind of tough seeing it, but I hope this year that he proves me wrong and has a really good year especially with Ciderberry being down and maybe out. Like I don't he's going to have to really carry hard and I think he's probably up to the challenge, but I mean, we play in a really tough division. So
0: I do want to add real Segway. quick. I do want
1: to issue a correction before we segue into the Zetterberg stuff.
0: Uh, it is two-year contracts for Athenasi, Umantha, and Bertuzzi. Not not three, one, and two. It's two, two, and two. That's just my fault for speaking out of turn. Uh, yeah, let's segue into the elephant in the room that we're, we've been dancing around all episode. Uh, the biggest news right now in Detroit, as far as the Red Wings go, is the fact that Zetterberg is uh, probably as it looks right now not going to be playing this season I mean unless there's some news I don't know about before this episode releases Uh, as it stands right now he's talking more or less a injury reserve Johan Franzen style retirement where you just continue to get paid and we don't get the cap hit Um, I'm in the camp with Steve on this one, where I'm not going to go all tinfoil hat and be like, "See, he doesn't play at the end of his contract," like just like Hosa, which was also fake. They both had long documented histories of having these problems. Specifically, Zetterberg, who from uh, what was the seasons from 2012 to 2014 missed. Or he only played 91 games out of 164, plus playoffs. So this is a guy who has long had either a groin or a back problem, basically his entire career. And to say that now all of a sudden his back problem is worse is fake is, in my opinion, it's just stupid to say. Like, with enough time. Justin or Steve? Steve, you know, no, a- you know what? After- no, no, no. no. I've thrown to you first every time. Steve's turn. That's fine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I kind of piggyback on your sentiment. I've talked to a few people, and that's the first thing they want to say. And, and it's funny. These are the people that, like, Zetterberg is their homage, Zetterberg is their hero. And they're like, yeah, he's screwing the Red Wings. It's like, Johan Franzen,
2: hello. Like what? These are the same people that are actually mad about the hockey town logo being removed. <laughs> I imagine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they usually
1: are. Those are the. T- uh, I shouldn't get into that. That's we're not a political <laughs> show. We need a big hey, defenseman. We need I a fighter. To, we need a great guy. I wanted to be like yeah, those I are I the same guys that are burning their Nikes. But yeah, let's not get into that.
0: I, I didn't. Know. I was gonna say oh, the Lord. same guys that miss Chelio or miss Probert and McCarty, but
2: I, I didn't want to start. A, I didn't want to get off on a tangent here. I just wanted to, you know. Chime in with a little humor, maybe. No, I appreciate it.
0: <laughs> no,
2: this is a serious
0: show. There are no jokes here.
1: I, I mean, with this with Zetterberg this stuff, like, yeah, it is sad because I think when the Ravens have had their decline, he's arguably been their best player, mostly. I mean, two seasons ago, he carried them relentlessly on his back with a lot of injuries while playing hurt. So, I mean, he's one of those guys that I don't think he needs to prove anything to anybody, and if he were to retire... Cool. Send him off. Do the whole Red Wings thing. Retire his jersey. Do what you gotta do. And move on with it. Because that's what happens in the NHL. People get old. They retire. They get hurt. It's a very physical game. A lot of people don't think it's a physical game. But it's a physical game. Things happen. Especially to your knees, to your ankles, to your back. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, I'm surprised more goalies actually can walk when they retire. So, I mean, if if that's Zetterberg's last game was this last year, cool, man. We'll send him off. And I hope he had a good career. I hope he's happy with his, you know, with his career. He did a lot. He accomplished a lot. Cool, man. Let's bring in the new kids. Let's go. You can't wait around. You can't, you can't like mourn over it. You just gotta go. My only
0: regret, and Justin, I'll I'll let you speak on it a little bit too, but my only regret with Zetterberg is not that, not anything other than the fact that he was 40 points shy of a thousand. And not for any other reason other than I think that legitimizes what shouldn't be an argument about his Hall of Fame status. I think a thousand points is like the line. Let's not go there. Uh, and that, uh, I'm only going there from the se- the sense that I think he is a Hall of Famer, and I think that it's going to be eternally debated until he inevitably gets in, and that's frustrating to me because this is a guy who, in the down times, carried a team that was completely terrible. After after Lichstrom left, they were awful, and he put the team on his literally injured back. And carried them through tough times, and if he retires this way, I'm perfectly fine with it. But Justin, if you disagree, that's fine.
2: I, I don't necessarily disagree. I think that's just the the Homer speaking. I mean, you could look at a guy with a thousand games played and 940 points. That's those are really good numbers. I'm not taking anything away from Zetterberg, but I'm not quite sure that it's Hall of Fame numbers. That's uh, that's I mean. That's my only point. Anyways, to to what to to go back to the beginning point here. Um he's played the last all 82 games the last 3 seasons on a mechanical back. Remember he had that surgery after 2014 and they did whatever they did, they made his back whole again somehow, which is like defying the laws of, you know, nature of human nature. They basically gave him a mechanical back, and he has carried this team. I don't. I have nothing but good good things to say about the man. And you know, I wish him the best. I wish him a good recovery. And um, if you know, if he plays again, he does. If he doesn't, you know, whatever, it's fine. It's t- like like Steve was saying, move on, get the kids in here. Let's go. Let's roll. Well, let's let's add something to that conversation. If he comes back, they have
0: a problem, because if he comes back and Steve, you pulled up, you have the uh, cap friendly numbers pulled up, right? Because if he he comes back, they're a mill over cap, correct? Uh, they're three mil over cap right now. Okay, and then if he goes away, they're under cap or at cap. No,
1: they're still gonna they, be over. They'll still be three over. Yeah, or they'll be like one and mm-hmm. a half over, because it's a prorated I... on LTR. Oh, okay, so, they, hmm. does it, so they'll does so they have... Gonna have to, more than likely, this is a discussion I thought we might have. If anything, because you're not going to move a defenseman, <laughs> unless he just <moves laughs> a trade clause. Because you can. You're going <laughs> to have to deal somebody like, I don't know. See, everybody that doesn't have a trade clause, we just re-upped, or it has literally minimal value. Like You're not going to trade Luke Wachowski for anything profitable, unless just to move him. I mean,
0: the first name that comes to my mind is Gus Nyquist. You can't. Does he have a no-move? Mm-hmm. God damn it. Why does that's what I'm saying. Like no You have to ask
1: him to move it.
0: Yeah, you're probably right. Does anybody not have a no-move that's high value? And by high value, I mean anything over three? Zetterberg.
1: Well, Zetterberg. We, Franz can't Franz move Zetterberg. <laughs> we can't yeah, move Zetterberg. We can't move. are not going to do that. Anthony yeah. Mantha. That's the next one. See. Yeah. Like, everybody yeah. that's not guaranteed no, no trade clause, you literally just re-upped or is the core of your youth. And I noticed that almost every core of our youth, except Larkin, has a no-move clause. Or doesn't oh have boy. a no-move clause. Oh,
0: yet. boy. That's a problem.
1: Not necessarily.
2: It's
0: a problem if they move them.
2: Well, I, no, because then you're getting an asset back. If you're moving one of the core pieces, you're going to get an asset back. Mm-hmm. I mean, as as much as, as a fan, you 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 know, as a Red Wings fan, you... you, you you watch them so much and you grow to like these like them as players and you hope that they stay Red Wings forever if they're, you know, if they're good enough or whatever, but if they have to trade, you know, if they have to trade an Anthony C or something, they're going to get something back for him that will be worth their time, be it a, a, a mid to high draft pick or, you know, a medium defense prospect or somebody, they're going to get something back and then next guy steps up. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean... Unfortunately, it is what it is, but uh, it's, I mean, I, now with that being said, I don't think they're going to move see CU after sign. I don't think they're going to move anybody after signing them all to contracts. I don't know why they would sign them to those contracts if they were going to move them, Steve, stop. But, I mean, you could move, you could try to move a Glendening for pennies. You could try to move a Jensen for pennies. I mean, just to, these are just cap moves. I mean, to get under the cap, I could see something like that happening before moving one of your quote-unquote pieces.
0: There's also, I mean, the minors, right? I mean, you could
1: technically send somebody down. If they have a mo- no-movement clause, they have to clear waivers. Right. For sure. So then you'd be getting rid of somebody for free, basically, with no return.
0: Well, we've seen that a lot here. <laughs> Let's try it was to the positive. defenseman I'm that is saying. now on Toronto? <laughs> <laughs> I forget who it was that went to Toronto last uh, the year before last. He's not there anymore. Oh, okay. The, I, who was it though? Marchenko. 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 Yeah, Thank phew.
1: you. Babcock is like, nah, fam, you're out. Yeah, it's another one of the,
0: another one of those that, guys that we see just get cast off that was going to be great here and then disappears. But go ahead, I'm sorry. I was going
1: to say that's when I think about all these things that we're talking about cap related, it makes me think of the Toronto because of the John Tavares deal, and then you have, you know, Marlow making six million dollars. You're going to have to re up, you know, Matthews, Marner n and then two of your defensemen, like, at some point, you're gonna have to move something to get an asset. But if you're moving one of those pieces, you're getting a really good asset. So it's like a win, it's kind of a a win-win-lose-win. Because, yeah, you might be getting rid of a piece of your core, but you're getting a huge, substantial return back with it. But that return is not gonna be what the Red Wings return would be. It's not even close. So, just, just to kind of- Steve.
2: Steve. I know we argued a little bit about the five million the six million with Larkin. Would you rather have a thirty eight year old Marlow at six million or Dylan Larkin at six million? Thank you. I rest my case. It's tough
0: <laughs> And then Justin Mike drops as if
2: he won the argument. That's, like that's it's not that's even over. That's, that's <laughs> tough.
1: I mean, yeah, Marlow's at the end of his career, but who's got a better shot of helping that team win a Stanley Cup? Marlow?
2: Oh get don't no no you guys have okay you guys have pieces around i'll just you guys so have I'll have my mic and watch marlo is the final piece no john Larkin is the, the beginning piece. piece. eat my butthole okay stop
1: <laughs> i think my true colors are but showing no, I'm, I should I'm just
2: are you guys, i'm just you guys, i'm just messing with you guys
0: still going or can i unmute okay okay cool so i, I think my true <laughs> colors are showing Bleeding a little blue there. Uh, Just a touch. But no, no matter what, regardless of what happens, there is is the unquestioned fact that at some point between now and the beginning of October, Ken Holland's going to have to work some cat magic. Like, that's regardless of what happens. He has to shed a mil and a half, and he doesn't have a lot of flexibility to do it with.
1: But he's been able to do it.
0: Yeah, we doubted think, this. Uh, uh, what, 10 years ago when he deals, traded Datsuk, Datsuk? Yeah.
1: He literally just traded Thomas Tatar for three picks, and he played three playoff games for the Golden Knights, who went to the Stanley Cup final. Okay, Let me I just tell little, you that. Hold on, I got a little something in my
0: throat. Healthy scratch!
2: <clears> throat> uh That was a healthy scratch in my throat, sorry. He's like the Dave Dombrowski of the of the of the the, the NHL. I mean, remember that those Dave Dombrowski trades were like he got rid of that Prince Fielder contract. Like here, you're going to take Prince Fielder or I'm going to send out those dick pics that you that you sent or that I know about. You know, (laughs) like he's got some dirt on all the GMs somehow.
0: Yeah. But the difference is, is Holland hasn't gutted the farm system. Like the farm system is actually fairly strong. Like they're not defensively strong, but they're offensively strong. Well, okay. Look, let me rephrase that then. He hasn't gutted the farm system because he can't build one. How's that? Is that better? <laughs> okay. No, guts yeah, what yeah, he. Nembrowski yeah. comes in and is like, ooh, look at all these pieces. I'm gonna go get everybody who's 29 and try to win a World Series in the next four years. Oh, it didn't work. So long. I'm going to Boston. Bye. And then you just have to rebuild from the ground up. Uh, ha- Holland, I think, whenever Holland goes which I said at the end of last season that I think this season, and I, I thought we were all on the same page with it, this season is his trial year. At least for me personally, this is like you are either going to show that you have the ability to adapt in this NHL or you're going to be out, in my opinion. And if you're not, that's when I draw the line. But, go okay, I'll, I'll finish my thought and then I'll throw it to you. Uh, but that being said... Whoever comes in after him, if there isn't after him in the near future, is not dealing with what Avila's had to deal with in in terms of an empty farm system.
2: Okay, so at least I he's got just want to make one thing. I just want to make one thing clear. I didn't mean it as a direct comparison. I just meant on some of the deals that that Dombrowski pulled off. And some of the deals that Holland has pulled off are just no, like, no. I was just, I was just trying wizardry? To, I was trying to use yeah. it to turn it into a positive because I'm trying to look at yeah, positive yeah, no, things I just, this year. I just, don't want, I just don't want the listener to think that I'm full of shit or whatever. Excuse my language. I, you know what I'm saying? I just was making a not direct, an indirect comparison. Steve, what were you saying about the two? He's on a two-year deal. So oh,
1: unless yeah. he gets fired, he is oh. two years guaranteed more than likely oh, in our organization.
0: That's a problem.
1: Which uh, Maybe I mean, it's not. Not really because you ha- you gotta think all these pieces that are underneath him, like Chris Draper and some of these other guys like you don't know how much they're a- like can you even name me the assistant GM of the Detroit Red Wings? No exactly so it used to be Jim no that's what I mean like it's
2: it's Ryan Martin. yeah oh so, wow okay <laughs> yeah
1: so it's like there's these pieces that you, we don't know what will happen and how much they're actually running the show. You know, yeah. Ken Holland could just be the figurehead at this point now because he's two, he's a two year deal. He's maybe at the end of his GMing career in Detroit and they're just like, just be here. Here you go. Like, be the figurehead. It's like being a community manager for a video game. Like, you know how many decisions you probably don't make, but you're just there for people to like tweet at and be like, Hey, your game sucks. Like, it's, that's basically what Ken Holland generally is now. People just disdain him to a point and he's a figurehead for everybody's disdain. So. You know, keep them around because people are familiar with them. Because, like I said, you didn't even know the assistant GM. He did because he's been watching the prospect games. That's probably been talked about. But you know, like a lot of these teams, you don't think about all these other pieces that are running the organization. So, I mean, like that I make- said, th- with the draft that they had, I am casually optimistic. But don't get it twisted. This team missed the playoffs by thirty-two points. It wasn't even close. Okay, like that is a stat that blew my mind. Okay. And then the top three in the division were separated by eight points. Okay. The f- top two were one point, and then it was like eight points after that. So this team is not gonna make the playoffs. Let's let's just get that out of the way. If you think the team is gonna magically make the playoffs in this division against those teams, especially when every team in your division got it remarkably better, arguably, except the Ottawa Senators because they're not gonna be able to field more than three forwards. <laughs> That's a Wait, did you player. mention
0: a, a team in Ottawa? I didn't know there was an NHL team in Ottawa.
2: That is a dumpster fire. I thought there was just Eric
0: Carlson's
2: bitches.
1: <laughs> they're like a fantasy team name, like until he gets traded in. It, it's like those bands. It's like Eric, you know, Carlson and the Temptations. Like, like Carlson and the Senators. Yeah, Carlson and the Senators.
0: <laughs> dude, 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 dude,
1: But yeah, like the, this team is gonna be. I think if if anything. They will be tolerable to watch, which is going to be very indicative of this show for us. I think for us as podcasters, excuse the listeners, for us as people who do this, last year was really hard because this team had very minimal glimpses of hope. And you had to try to take those three ounces of hope and talk about them every week, which is kind of hard to do because you you just kind of repeat yourself after a minute. So,
2: yeah, we failed to do that on a lot of occasions. Well, that's why we find
0: hope. That's why we switched it from four a month to two a month. Cause mm-hmm. it makes it easier to condense that information. And honestly, I was like, I wanted to just shout out who are you kidding on that one? Because you are a hundred percent, right? Like just trying to come in and not just be like, well, another week of losing and nothing changed. And so... then when they
1: win, you're kind of like, well, it's just a fallacy because they still suck. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Like you're just so, yeah. you're so morbidly negative about it that it just like eats at you. Like you don't want to look at her. Like I swear, I didn't put on anything red wings related until today because I'm just like, I actually feel okay today to wear something like this. I'm like, I'm kind of in the mood for this. This is cool. But the season hasn't started yet. So we're going to ride the positivity <laughs> of
0: that. Yeah. Well, honestly, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I I think last season was the first, like, wake up call. And this is something that I think a lot of dynastic fans, a lot of fans of dynastic teams don't understand. And and, and this, from, from me and Justin specifically, who've been Red Wings fans their whole life, and I know you grew up a Toronto guy and now you live in Detroit, so it's a Red Wings guy. But, like, our whole lives, our team was great, and last season, nice. yeah, and last season was the first time <laughs> that I had to acknowledge that it's over and it's time to rebuild because they were bad before, but I never came to terms with it as a fan like
1: they they I were like talked
0: about it, but I wasn't honest about it.
1: They like masked the bad though it's like well they they made the seventh spot in the playoffs, they're still doing it, guys. No, they took Tampa to six games, man. We could've, we could've been in there. Like we could've went to the third round. Like it was masked. It was an illusion, for how bad the team really is.
0: It's like when you talk to a U of M fan, they're like, "I'm not like other U of M fans." You're like, "Yeah, you are. You're all the same." And so are we. That's the thing. I need to learn. I needed to learn that it's okay for the team to fail, and I don't have to live or die by the team. I can still love them. I don't have to be desperate. I can just enjoy them as a team, and then we can. I can grow with them as they get better. And honestly, it took a whole season of like living in the doldrums to deal with it, and knowing that that's what the future for the foreseeable future. And I'm okay with that now. Like I'm okay with it. I'm just, I'm okay with it. Justin, I was gonna say their draft class
1: kind of gave you some hope.
0: A little bit. Just near the other side of that equation is another lifelong fan who's only seen greatness. Like, how did you cope with it? Because you also had the same struggles I did last year.
2: Oh, it's. It's it's so hard, man. Like, you, I mean, you growing up watching these teams that are so great, so many Hall of Famers, so much excellence on the ice for your team all at once, and then Lidstrom retires, oh, and things are getting worse, but we still got Datsuk and Zetterberg. It's cool. And then Datsu goes away. Then it's just like, well, what? And then, yeah, they still squeak into the playoffs – you know, right after he left, but then last year happened, and it was like, oh, this is hard to watch. Like it was hard to watch because you know you've got you've got Blashill trying to make uh, trying to teach these kids lessons and this and that. Like all I want to see on the ice is Athanasiu, Mantha, and Larkin all the time. Play them thirty minutes a night. I don't care because that's the only bright spots on the team. But you've got Athanasiu who's invisible for thirty games out of the you know 70 that he played but he was really good in 40 games but it's just like he's you know playing him 13 minutes and then 19 minutes and then thir- it's like it's just so hard to watch and you're trying to focus on bright spots and the only bright spot last year was Larkin mantha at the see you when he was good or when he was playing well and Jimmy for the and... first half of the season
0: what Jimmy for the first half of the season
2: Oh, well, I mean... He that's was kind a of a cause god for a point. while. I mean, he's 33. I mean, he's 33, 34. Always been battling groin injuries at lost cause.
1: Last year of his deal. <clears throat> oh, oh, man, I can't wait for that to be over. Oh,
2: I'm sorry. Uh, I just want to uh, touch on something that you
0: said there, though, because this is something that really will clarify the difference in perspective and why it is that through all of this, Justin and I have been freaking out and Steve has been completely tame. Because when we were 16 and Justin was 15, at the height of our fandom, like living and dying by this franchise, every win and loss, I'm documenting it. I was keeping paper game sheets at home of tracking penalty minutes and everything. Luke Robitaille was a third liner. like That's what I need to stress to the listener, and you guys know this because you were there. That is hard, even 16 years later, to come to terms with that we had a Hall of Fame guy, no question, first ballot, as a third liner on our team because (laughs) we had that 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 stacked of a roster.
2: That team (laughs) was stupid, bro. Do yourself a favor, listener, everybody. Go back and look at the (laughs) roster for the 2002 Red Wings and you'd be like... What? Yeah, nobody went, had forty really? goals.
0: Who cares? Everyone had twenty five. Everyone. It, it was stupid. Thomas Holmstrom it, had twenty five goals that year.
2: Like that team was ridiculous. It was. Oh my god, and, I miss it.
0: And and sixteen years later, that it's not just a normal sixteen years though. It's from sixteen to thirty two years old, so it really was like, like sports mimicking life. Like you're not young anymore. You have to come to terms with being an adult. You have to come to terms with just being a fan of a sport. And not having it define you as a person. And that took me two he- whole years to do. And I'm happy to say that I'm finally on the other side of it now. And I could see this for what it is. It's just this is hockey. And that's okay.
2: Yeah. I mean, and but now, I mean, now I'm coping because now I get to watch Zadina. I get to watch Rasmussen develop. I get to watch all these players that I want to see. And it gives me hope for the future. Honestly. I mean, last year sucked, but the the, the lack of care started in about November, right? Because, you know, they came out with an okay October, and then they just sucked. But this year, I still have that lack of care, but I want to see these players develop, and I want to, I mean, I have something to look forward to, whereas last year, it was just, we were just dead in November. We were just, we were dead inside in November.
0: So I didn't intend on this being a topic, but now I have a question for Steve, since we've just been talking over him for the last five minutes. Um from it's a guy okay. who from a guy who grew up with a team that is what we are now here's the question that i think is actually going to be harder to answer not yet well they got to prove they it they were they were what we are now is what i'm saying we, okay so here's the question would you rather have grown up with the success of the red wings being your core team or would you rather have grown up prepared for the world and being a fan of the toronto maple leafs and knowing that success is fleeting But someday it may come back. Yeah,
1: they maybe didn't have the success that Detroit did, but they still had some phenomenal players. I mean, we had Cujo, Felix Potvin, Matt Sundin, arguably one of the best switch players. I mean, we still had bright spots. We still have years where we made the playoffs. I mean, against Boston the one year, the nightmare, as we like to call it. I mean, this last year, they, they looked good. I mean, they're still continuing to look good, so... I mean, as a fan, I've always been able to separate it because they haven't been amazing. They've had years where they've been, like, really good, and they almost made it, like, the one year against Ottawa. They were there. It was game six. They almost got it. But they didn't, and it's okay because it doesn't matter. Maybe it's just because of the different perspective of where I grew up. It's, I mean, hockey is life there no matter what. It doesn't matter if your team isn't doing it. it. It's still hockey. It's still life.
2: Oh, I was gonna say, and it's like the NFL. I just want to touch on. <laughs> I'll say, I just want to touch, like in okay, in in Toronto or Ontario, there's, I mean, they've got the Marlies, they've got the CH. I mean, in Ontario, there's like a thousand CHL teams. Mm-hmm. Like in Canada, I don't speak from experience, Steve, but from what I understand, hockey is hockey equals life. It's
1: a year-round activity
2: for everybody. Hockey equals life. Period.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So I get it. Like I don't know it. I do have a question for you, Steve, though. Okay. Who do they resign, Marner or Nylander? Because one of them has to go after this year.
1: I value Nylander a little bit more, just because I like his style of play and I think he fits the mold with Matthews a bit better. But do you think they ship Nylander out before? Or do
0: you think they try to work a deal, or let him go? Mean Marner, Marner, or Marlin? Do you think they
1: do you think they ship Marner out or? No, I think they're gonna get it, both of them signed. They'll do it. They oh, really?
2: Get. You really think so? Hmm. Well, I think Kyle Dumbas
1: is a very smart man. And the way that the deal is structured for John Tavares allows them to do that at one point. When those contracts are up, you could see the the dip in certain years. They're they're prepared for it. I'm okay with it. Hmm. I mean, look at teams Hmm. like the Penguins. They have two guys that are making basically $20 million on their cap. (laughs) And the rest of their team is just whoever. Yeah, 17.4 is two players. Because, I mean, yeah, going, forward, you, going forward, your pieces are basically going to be Matthews, Tavares, and then, I mean, your defenseman, Zaitsev, maybe Morgan O'Reilly, if he pulls his head out of his you-know-what. I mean, I, I think that team could be—that re- that team is very scary to me. Like, if you think about it just looking on paper, that team is overwhelmingly good. But then hockey has to happen, and we'll see.
2: I just—it's I going to take— a salary cap miracle to get all three of them signed with Tavares and maybe they trade Patrick Marlowe going on.
1: That's six more right there. They yeah. could easily.
0: <clears throat> all right. Yeah. Let's wrap this up by speaking of hockey to come. Let's make our predictions for the year. These are always wildly wrong, but I think actually Steve's are usually closer because again, more, re- more reasonable uh, outlook on hockey. life. Uh, but now that we've been brought back down to earth, let's, let's start to make predictions for what I want from everybody is I want wins, I want points, and I want points out of the playoff race. And I'll start by saying 34 wins for 85 points, and that'll be enough for 26 out of the playoff. Nope, 75 points. Sorry, wrong. Because that's 68 and then seven overtime losses. That's what I think. So, yeah, 41 and then 41 losses. So, 34, 41, and seven for 75 points. Good for 26
1: out of playoffs. Do either of you re- have a number ready? Sure. Steve, go ahead. I think they're going to win 25 games. They'll go to five games down. Just because the Zetterberg Ranger, I think, is definitely going to hurt them. And they're playing in a tougher division everybody everybody got better so i think you're going to lose a few more games i mean i i think for points you'll probably be around the same i would say with the overtime and the one goal games i don't think will be as glaring of an issue so that's probably more of a positive so i'd see him maybe 75 77 points
0: okay and then
1: how many is that out of the playoffs in your opinion probably 30 plus okay just looking yeah. at it right now i mean even you know the the almost wild card team was still 9 points out of the playoffs that's wow. that's nine points. That's a substantial amount. You that's can't make up nine hockey. points. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't want to be negative, but I, I think they're going to take a step back before they're going to take a step forward, especially with a lot of inexperience on in the roster and aging veterans. I see that being kind of the problem. And then it depends on what injuries you have and what holes you have to fill. I mean, them having five less wins, I don't think is catastrophic. I think, if anything, to Justin's point, kind of helps them because then again, you get another high draft pick spot, maybe top five, we, we could be looking at maybe, uh, you know, a scenario where we get another loaded draft if we make the right choices, which is not a bad thing. I don't no. understand why people say that. Well, if you get too many draft picks, then who are we going to sign? That's not a bad problem. Why yeah. is that a bad problem? That's a good problem to have. Jo- right. Justin, where are you at on this? Uh, what,
2: okay, Steve, I got a question. Where are you getting this 32 points out of the playoffs? Because the both wildcard teams finished with – the Columbus and New Jersey finished with 97. I'm talking 97. about in, into the division. Toronto Maple Leafs oh. had 105 points. We had 73. Oh, okay. Because Florida Sorry, didn't I,
1: make the wild card.
2: Okay, that's fine. I was fine. talking about in our I division. Just, gotcha. That's, I yeah, I wasn't was going, like, going off second. wild card. Yeah.
1: Cool, man. No worries. Oh, oh.
2: so you think that... Oh. Okay. The,
1: I think the only way we're making the playoffs in our division is we make top three because, I mean, look yeah, at the top three in our division. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to happen. And the wild card is stacked. And I mean, even Buffalo yeah, could not- be better this year.
2: Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, Dallin? Yeah. Oh man. Um. So, you know, the, I I'm I tend to agree with you there, Steve. Uh, without Zetterberg, this team is going to be. I mean, I I I don't think Larkin carries. I think he puts up maybe fifty points without Zetterberg because he's gonna. You know, last year, Larkin got a lot of second second defensive pair matchups, so he's gonna really have to elevate if. He wants to carry this team to more wins. So, I mean, and, you know, unless Zadina comes in and scores 30 goals, I, you know, I'm going to say, I'm also going to say uh, 27, 36, and 16. Wait, does that do, is that math right? It's close. 27, 36. Oh, and 19, and 18. Okay. No, 19.
0: So, that's 54 plus 19 is 60, 73 points, is what you're saying. And how far back?
2: Uh, I mean, if, if Tampa Bay, Boston, and Toronto all play at that same rate, they're going to be 40 points out. <laughs> wow. I mean, look, look, Tampa Bay finished with 113, Boston finished with 112, and Toronto finished with 105. And Toronto got Tavares, so they didn't get worse. Boston didn't get worse. And Tampa Bay didn't get worse. Tampa Bay so, basically sustained. <laughs> I, I mean, it'll be thirty plus. Wow.
1: Just being realistic. I mean, that's that's what it, that's what it is. It's not that we're being negative. It's, it's realistic. Within, with when 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 you want to improve as a team, you start with small increments. Getting better in your division is one of them. You got to start small. You can't be like, we got to make the playoffs and win the Stanley Cup when you literally miss the playoffs for thirty seven points. Like, sorry, you can't you can't play like that
2: things are also getting better though. I mean, mm-hmm. you've got Howard's contract coming off the books. You've got Cronwall coming off the books. I mean, you got, I mean, every year from here on out, you've got contra you've got bad contracts coming off the books. Yep. Yeah. You still have bad contracts under, you know, their applicator and helm, <laughs> but um, you've got bad contracts coming off the books every year. And then plus top tier talent on entry level contracts. I mean, you you're looking, I mean, it's, it's looking pretty good in the next few years for the Red Wings.
1: Steve. Advocator's deal doesn't look too bad when you look at Tom Wilson's deal. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Wilson is making more money than Dylan Larkin.
2: <laughs> Wait, what?
1: Yeah. You didn't hear about
0: Tom Wilson's deal this offseason? No. Yeah, you go look that up what? when the show's over and have a good have a good shouting match with yourself alone. <laughs>
2: I I mean, if I was a Washington Capitals fan, maybe.
0: Yeah, the Washington Capitals fans are too drunk to even care right now. They won the well, Stanley Cup. I mean, that's that's they won the Stanley Cup for the first time in their history. They
1: they don't care. Sorry, he makes eight hundred and sixty four thousand less than he does.
0: But for isn't it like a super term though? Isn't it like seven years or something? Yeah, he's like that? seven
1: years at five point two mil.
2: <laughs> How many? What, what's oh the most amount of points Justin's, this
1: guy's
0: put up Justin's face change was amazing he's just like what I think he only puts up like 30 points a year
2: oh, see, I thought this guy was a goon he is oh he's a notorious goon I mean I thought he's, he's got not, some, like, a little bit of talent but he's a goon
0: yeah he's, he's more akin to like a holmstrom I would say Steve uh-oh, 35 uh-oh. points I called it yes 35
1: 187 uh, penalty minutes throw him 5 mil Done.
2: <laughs> Got to protect the boys. Got to protect the boys. Uh, Luke Wachowski. That's it. That'd be like Luke Wachowski getting three million.
0: Uh, <laughs> anything over
2: two, you're <laughs> like, wait a minute, bud.
0: <laughs> Luke Wachowski getting anything over one, I'm kind of concerned with.
1: Uh, that's wow, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, so on that note, like, oh go. my God. He, what? That's the highest point total of his career, and they threw him five. <laughs> He hasn't had over I mean he's only
2: had over twenty points twice.
1: <laughs> but, I mean,
2: okay, I get I get the abdicator thing. He was he was trending upward and then he played on the line with that and had like a career year and they're like, oh, give him all the money, and then he sucked since. So I I mean I don't blame Abdulcator for signing I don't blame players oh, for no. signing these contracts. I'm just kind of like Shh. oh. Oh no, it's definitely on management for sure. Yeah. It's kind of like you look at, you
1: know, uh Rick DiPietro, and you're just kind of like, "Wow, goalie of the future! What's he doing? He's probably serving donuts in the Long Island area."
0: Well, a topic
1: still
2: making still making boatloads.
0: A topic we'll talk about in two weeks over on Pucking Around will be how teams in the NHL don't seem to learn from past mistakes too often, and we will revisit that. Uh, but I do want to say uh, to all the listeners who are listening to this episode, thank you for finding us. Uh, this is our new. Own channel. I ask uh, a new thing this this year. I'm going to start asking this every week. Please share our new channel. Please tell everyone you know that you likes hockey about this channel. Share it with people. We know you guys have been loyal listeners for the last few years. The numbers prove it, and we would love for you to. Spread the word that you can now download our shows reliably without having to get cluttered. And if you want to get cluttered, you can check over on SRD. There's a lot of good content there. The The Roadshow is a great show. Out of Bounds is a great show. I can't name all the others because we have so many great discussions. I mean, it, it the list just goes on and on and on. And there's a lot to choose from. And coming soon, you're going to start seeing all of them have their own channels too. And that's a good thing for you because you can get the content you want to listen to. And you can share that specifically with your friends. And we love you for it. Uh, you can also subscribe to us on iTunes. If you're not on iTunes, you can check us out on TuneIn, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, Facebook. Kind of everywhere that you are, we are. Uh, you can follow the brand on Twitter. Also on Google Play, by the way. You can follow the brand on Twitter, at Uh Our show is at STW underscore SRD. We may tweet, we may not. I don't really care. Enjoy it. Uh, I have a Twitter. It is at JMPinkham. Steve has a Twitter. It is... FranchiseGFX. And Justin has a Twitter. It is...
2: Goleman SRD.
0: Check out the website as always at SportsReaderDetroit.com. Thank you, and we'll see you guys when the season starts. Let's
1: go This has been an SRD production.